This is Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Welcome to Leadership in Motion. In this episode, we'll discuss the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. As I was doing this research, right, you know, I was thinking to myself about all the times that I myself have had, you know, ill will, you know, against someone. It's really not much, but it does happen and stuff, right? I think it happens to absolutely everyone in life. Sometimes, right, we go through life and somebody does something to us, right? And, and we hold a grudge. We hold a grudge against that person, right? You know, we, we may think bad thoughts about that person. We may be saying bad things about that person. And, you know, the th- whole entire thing about grudges is that in some cases it can last for a long time. Some people can, can hold a grudge, you know, forever, I remember an episode of Seinfeld, and they were talking about somebody was holding a grudge like Khomeini or something. And if you folks know anything about Ayatollah Khomeini, you know, it's something that goes back a long time ago, you know, that this one writer wrote something that uh, upset it, the Ayatollah in, in Iran. And God, for decades and decades and decades, you know, they, they were out to kill, kill this, this writer. But, God, the power of a grudge, it, it is so overwhelming. It consumes you. It actually actually draws on all the energy that you have. And I was thinking to myself about, God, how much energy is expended to carry on a grudge for a long time? You know, it, it, takes, a, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of thoughts and, and other energy that you can actually, you know, use to do other pur- purposeful things. You know, I was I was talking to someone about grudges and and you know the the power of forgiveness with someone, and I was I was asking you know so what do you do about grudges and stuff? She says she she turns it into a vendetta. I'm like no, come on, you know, you know now a vendetta is something that you really don't want to go into and stuff, right? A vendetta is basically when you're talking about a prolonged bitterness quarrel or a campaign against someone. You know, I, that's like this. That's like, you know, a grudge taken to the next level. That's Olympic-style grudges there, you know. But we really can't consume our lives with grudges, vendettas, and things like that because what happens is it, it basically draws on our energy. And I, I think for the most part, our whole entire existence, our whole entire spirit is to be at peaceful harmony with everything around us. Peaceful harmony. Now, I remember talking about peace and harmony when I did the episode about Zen leadership, where they talk about just wake up in the morning and just look at the sun and peacefully look at the sun and just think to yourself about the energy that's coming from that. And so I believe that our body, our souls, our mentality is supposed to be at peace all the time. But when we hold a grudge... It's sort of like it's slowly eating away at our spirit, at our emotion, at our humanity at times. It really is. And I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to say that, hey, you know what? I don't hold grudges because I have in the past. I try not to. I think I think probably in the past maybe five, six years, maybe, maybe a little bit longer, I really don't hold grudges anymore. I honestly don't. I honest, and 
like that last episode that I did, right, on don't sweat the small stuff. I really do believe not to sweat in anything that's that's really small, although there are some issues that, you know, kind of come up and stuff. But I'm talking about forgiveness, forgiveness of other people, forgiveness of other people for doing something wrong to you, something that, you know, was hurtful, painful. Maybe somebody said something to you that really upset you. Maybe it was somebody that was your good friend, someone that you, maybe you went to elementary school with or you went to high school with, and they were, you were both good friends, and then so all of a sudden something happened. They said something to you that hurt you, and you internalized that. And one of the things about, you know, when somebody hurts you, it, it's, it's painful, to think that somebody thinks of you maybe in this way, that way, or somebody actually hurt your feelings, you know. But the thing about it is that when you start thinking about, you know, some of the things that people say and do that hurt your feelings and emotions and stuff like that, is that it basically imprisons you. It actually imprisons you. It doesn't really imprison somebody else. And I remember Stephen Covey in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People one of the things that he emphasizes is never, ever let other people take over your feelings and emotions. So when somebody does something wrong to you, they upset you, they said something bad to you, and, and you know, then you internalize it. And you, have you ever got that feeling in your gut and all that stuff, feeling, you know, that, God, you know, I really am hurt that this person said this to me. This is someone that I cared about. Someone that I really cared about and stuff. But this person actually said something to me. And, you know, it's happened to me a couple of times. And, you know, one of the things, too, when I was doing my research and I was talking to folks and stuff like that, one of the things that I noticed is that we hurt the ones we love more than anyone else. We honestly do. Because I found out through talking to a lot of folks is that a lot of grudges are basically between siblings, between mother-daughter, maybe maybe father-daughter, or, or, or family. It's always about family. Because it's always easier to hurt those people that are close to you, near to you, dear to you, than it is to you know a total stranger. Because you don't really have any real relationship with a total stranger. So, you know, but it's easier to hurt you know the people that love you and care about you. I know, like, my daughter and my youngest son, they, they've had a grudge now for six months. And I'm like, my God, please get over this, okay? You know, he was trying to give you advice about a relationship that she was having. And he, he was like, you know what? This, this isn't right for you. This is, you know, it, but she was blind. She had her blinders on. She could not see what he was trying to say. And because of that, she felt that, you know, he was putting her down or maybe insulting her. Or maybe he said something, you know, that, you know, I didn't hear the conversation. But maybe he said something that hurt her. And I was talking to my son, and I told him, you know, you, you need to apologize. If you said something wrong, apologize. And one of the things about forgiveness is that you don't have to get the other person to apologize. You really don't. Forgiveness starts and ends inside you. It actually starts and ends inside you. You know, 
you have to go ahead and say, you know what? I forgive. I may not be able to forget because this happened and stuff like that, but forgive. And that's, that's the big thing. Because once you forgive somebody for something that they did, some flaw, some, something that they said or did to you and stuff like that, right? It actually frees you up. It actually breaks the bond of the imprisonment that you've had in this grudge that you've been having for the past six months, eight months, two years, or whatever the case may be. It actually frees you up. You can breathe when you forgive. You can honestly breathe. And I'll tell you, um, they're, still, they're, they're still at it, despite the fact that I'm trying to talk to them and trying to, you know, trying to get them to talk to each other and say, you know, reconciliation. Reconciliation is when both parties come together and say, hey, you know what, I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry I did that. Would you find a way to forgive me? And the other person says, well, I'm sorry that I did this and, and you know, called you that and all that stuff. That's a, two, that's a two-way thing. Forgiveness is a one-way thing. You know, I'm going to forgive you I may not forget what you did and said and stuff, right? But I'm going to release this this anger, release this hate, release all this negative energy that I have inside because of what you said or did. And that's very important. You know, and I learned that lesson, you know, uh, God, what was it, in 2000, what was it, 2007, somewhere around there. Because here's the situation that I was in. I was in a situation where I was I was stuck in a job and I moved from Chicago to San Antonio to New Hampshire and and I was I, I wanted to come back to San Antonio. Financially, we weren't really doing that well in New Hampshire. You know, we were living in a condo, a t- tiny little condo. I think it was I don't think it was even 1200 square feet. I was paying $2,230 a month for the condo. About $400 a month in electricity, on and on. And in the state of New Hampshire, I'm, if you guys are listening to me from New Hampshire, God bless you. I don't know how you guys can stand to be there. Uh, it was so expensive. It was so expensive. You know, I was like, if you have to use both your paychecks every month, right, to pay, you know, just the basic bills and find yourself, you know, buying a, you know, groceries on a credit card, you're really not in a real good position, so I made the decision. I said, you know what? We were much better off when we were living in San Antonio. We're, financially, we were better off. And so I tried to move back to San Antonio. I tried to get a transfer back to San Antonio. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Couldn't get a transfer. So I decided that, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, get out of this job. I'm just going to go ahead and get, rent a, a, a truck, a couple, maybe U-Haul trucks or whatever the case may be. But I'm going to move back to San Antonio. And my plan was I'm going to move back to San Antonio. I'm going to get myself a nice big house. The kids are going to be in a nice school. I'm going to get myself a, a job, you know, at the, at the military base. And I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be comfortable. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And that was my plan. Okay, cool. No problem. I, I called my brother, and I, and I told him, hey, you know what, uh, uh, I'm thinking about, well, I'm actually, I made the decision. I'm going to go ahead and, and move to San Antonio, and, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And, yeah, I think we'll put the kids in a, in a nice school, and everything's going to be fine. And, and, just, and then so 
my brother, my brother actually said, he, he said, well, do you have a, any job prospect? Do you know where you're going to be living when you move down there? Do you have anybody down there that can help you to get a job, find a home, or, or do this and this and that? And I said, no, 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 no not at all. You have no job prospects. <laughs> okay, he said. I said, no, uh, but, but I have a plan, and this is what I'm going to do. And then so he went on saying, you know, that sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. How ignorant are you? You're probably the stupidest idiot I've ever talked to in my life. You know, I, you know you're, you're such an idiot and stuff. You know, you, you think you're going to just move down there and this and that. You know, you're such an I was like, my God. And this is my brother calling me all sorts of names that, and I try to keep this podcast clean, so I'm not even going to go in any other direction. So he was like just just on and on about how much of an idiot I was. And so I decided, you know what? Took the phone and I said, you know what? Uh, I got to go now. I, I don't have the time. Uh, I'm going to have to get going. I'll talk to you later. Boom. I went ahead and hung up the phone. I was so hurt inside. I was like, I can't believe that my brother, who I was hoping for support, you know, said so much bad things about me because I'm just going to go ahead and and just move down to San Antonio. And because I had a vision. I knew what I wanted to do. I had a plan and stuff, right? You know, I try to think things through. I knew more about my situation than he did. So I, I was hurtful. I mean, that was so, so that hurt me so deep down inside. And so I had a grudge. <clears throat> I created this 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 grudge just basically overtook my body. It actually overtook my body and and I, I was like I couldn't even stand to even hear his name. My brother's name. And it, it just, uh, so what happens is I went ahead, okay, and packed up this big, huge U-Haul truck, 24-foot U-Haul truck. And I'm not a sponsoring U-Haul, but, yeah, it's okay. Uh, took it, loaded it up, took it to San Antonio, put everything in a storage unit, came back, loaded up another U-Haul truck, packed up the wife and kids, Went down to San Antonio. Still without prospects of a house, home, you know, a school for the kids, job, absolutely nothing. Okay, just moved down there. Put everything on a credit card. Okay, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Okay. I had a goal. I had a plan. I knew what I wanted to do. And, you know, and but still deep down inside, you know, this... This whole entire agony just building up inside of me, you know, thinking of the words that my brother told me. You know, you're such an idiot. You're such an idiot. You know, you're so irresponsible. You're, you're, and I was like, oh, my God. And then so about two months into being down there, living in a, in a little hotel, trying to find a house, trying to find a job, trying to find, you know, a place for the kids to go to school and stuff. I was like, my God, is my brother right? Was I wrong? But I had this grudge. There was like, there's no way how I'm going to, 
you know, um, let him win. So I found a house, found a home, got a good job, you know, on base. Three years later, I saw in in the Chicago Sun-Times newspaper online, you know, it, it said something about my brother. It said, it said, Carlos, my brother. And then so, you know, I didn't even read the whole entire paragraph or anything like that. But that's what it showed, like a funeral service. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I think my father, my brother may have died. Because it was talking about a fireman that, that uh, was killed in the line of service fighting a fire in Chicago. So I quickly called my other brothers and sisters in Chicago to see, oh, my God, is, is what happened to Carlos? Is Carlos okay? They said, yeah, he, he, he's okay. It was just some, someone that worked for my brother. At that moment in time, I was like so relieved, so relieved that that he was okay. So relieved that he was okay. I got on the phone. I talked to him. I said, hey, you know, I'm, you know I just saw this one thing. It was a lot of pictures of a funeral. And then so it had your name, you know, in, in some of the areas. And I was like, oh, my God, that, you know. And then so he was like, no, no, that, that that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Everything's all right. And then so he asked me, so how was that plan of yours? I said, well, the plan worked out fine. I'm in a we have a nice big home. The kids are in a good, good school. The kids are, you know, have a nice job. And everything's, you know, worked out pretty good. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, and continue my service. Uh, and, and everything's all right. At that moment, you know, although he never apologized for what he said, I forgive him for, for what he said. I freed myself of all the ill feelings that I had for him. Because of what he said to me. I decided that I'm not going to be ruled by anger. I'm not going to be ruled by, you know, pitiful, you know, thoughts. That's not, I'm never going to let, you know, that ever happen to me again. Especially when it came to to family members. And I'll be honest, right now, I, uh, if I really have to think about do, do I have any grudges against someone? There's some people that I work with that, I, you know, I'm like, they have done something, you know, really kind of dumb, but I'm just like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to let somebody internalize, somebody basically get into my spirit and actually affect my thoughts, minds, you know. So I never let anybody bother me anymore. If somebody does something wrong, Whatever. It doesn't affect me anymore. Nothing really affects me anymore. And I'm really hoping that I can com- communicate that to, to people out there. Think about who are you holding a grudge against? Who are, are you really upset about and stuff, right? Because what happens is when you hold a grudge against someone, your sister, brother, cousin, sister, mom, you know, dad or something because they said something to you that really upset you. But sometimes, you know, and I'll be honest with you, right? Sometimes... And, and the way I reconciled, well, not really reconciled, because like I said, it takes two people to reconcile. The way I resolved the issue is that, well, maybe they they meant it in a in a good way. Maybe they tried to to help me out. 
And that's what I'm trying to get at with my, my daughter and my son. He said something about maybe this relationship of yours is not going to really work out. And so, because he want, didn't want her to get hurt. But she took it in the wrong way. Think about the relationships that you have, the people that you know, the people in your family, the people close to you that you have a grudge against or you're upset with, right? Maybe they said something to you that upset you. Think about maybe they, they meant it, you know, in a good way, and maybe it was just our, our you know, our attitude, how we actually perceived, you know, what happened. Because when you hold a grudge, it's you're imprisoning yourself. You really are imprisoning yourself, and you have to release that. You have to go ahead and release all those negative thoughts for you to grow spiritually, for you to grow, you know, in your heart and mind. It really is. I'm going to go ahead and uh, play something here, and I'm hoping that this comes out pretty good because uh, this, this to me is... Uh, just an awesome, awesome, and I, that's my little computer there, um, example of forgiveness. And it's something that just totally knocked out everybody. Everybody's like, could not believe what happened. And if you want, we'll, we'll talk a little bit on the other side of this uh, little clip that I'm going to go ahead and record. This clip right here is of Brant Jean. He's the brother of Batham Jean. And if you don't know the situation, this off-duty police officer went to her apartment, or what she thought was her apartment, and she saw that there was somebody in the apartment. She pulled out her service revolver and shot the person because she believed that she was in her apartment. And the lights come on and everything, right? She was like, oh, my God, this isn't my apartment. She killed this person. And during the sentencing of this police officer, something truly, truly um, wonderful spiritually happened during this hearing. And I'm going to go ahead and play this. I'm going to move the mic a little bit, and I'm sorry if it makes a little bit of noise, but you have to hear this. I don't want to say twice or for the hundredth time what you or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that, but I just, I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the things, the bad things you may have done in the past, each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know, I can speak for myself, I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. 
think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not gonna say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? That moment right there, if you get a chance to go ahead and uh, take a look at it, it says, um, uh, I forgive you. Rotham Jean's brother hugs Amber Gager after she gets 10 years in prison for the murder of his brother. Now think about that. Think about how much strength it actually takes to forgive someone for killing your own your, your, your brother. How much strength does it take spiritually to actually forgive someone for that? You know, this young man, you know, exhibited something that I don't think not too many of us would have done. If he has the courage, spiritual, you know, spirit that can forgive someone after something like that, What's holding you back from forgiving that person, that family member, that, that person who did something wrong to you and stuff, you know? You know, because let me tell you, and in that previous episode of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, everything else is small stuff. He found the courage to forgive this woman. 
It's a powerful thing. Because what happens is it's going to free his spirit. It's going to free his, his soul from living with anger, hate, guilt. Not guilt, but, rem you know, just anything that is going to cause negativity in his life. It's a wonderful thing, you know, the power of forgiveness. It really is. Well, one of the things is that we have to remember is that to err is human, to forgive is divine. To err is human, to forgive is divine. I was talking to some young lady um, not too long ago, and she was telling me that her grandmother told her that one minute of guilt takes a decade to get rid of. One minute of, of, of you know, holding a grudge takes a, a whole entire decade to get rid of. Yeah, I'm not sure how you do the math on that, but, it, but you get the meaning. You get the meaning that, you know, it st starts to take away from you. It starts to take away from you. So get rid of the, 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 the hate that you have towards somebody. Get rid of those grudges that you have because that, it's holding you down. It really is holding you down. You know, one person had an analogy. Whenever you hold a grudge, it's like being a runner on, on a starting line of a race. And you're, getting, you're all ready to run, but you have a ball and chain behind you. And, and despite the fact that you've exercised and you know that you can run really good, but that ball and chain is still holding you back. It's still holding you from your best potential. When you forgive, it helps you to love the unlovable. It helps you to reach the unreachable. It helps you to do the impossible. It really does. So reach out to those people that you're holding those grudges you know, against. Reach out to those people who, who hurt you. And like I said, all you have to do is free yourself. It, it only takes one person to forgive. And that's you. That's you. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to my podcast. And, uh, and I really hope and I challenge you to go take a look at those you know, relationships that you, you had, you know, the people that you really care about that you kind of lost connection with because of something really pathetic, something really small, you know, because the connections that we make is the biggest thing, is the best thing that we have spiritually. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to my podcast. And as always, if you want to go ahead and drop me a line at leadershipemotion036 at gmail.com. Please go ahead and do so. Take a look at our Patreon page if you have a chance, right? And if you'd like to donate to our podcast, um, that'd be great because we're trying to create an outreach program for our community and try to create training programs for folks to actually get some information that they need to, to, to grow. You know, we're all about helping people be the best they can be. And that's what our podcast is all about. I'd like to thank you very much. And as always, take the lead today for a better tomorrow. This has been Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Please subscribe to our podcast.